This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are continuing our mini-series on the Big Five. We are going in with our third personality trait deep dive, and today we're talking about agreeableness. As usual, I'd love to know what you're up to, what everything around you looks like as you listen to this episode. Take a quick picture, send me a message, let me know what your environment is like as you listen to this. What are you doing as you listen to this? I would love to feel like I'm right there beside you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane Podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you're all having a lovely start to the week. I'm excited to go through another personality trait deep dive with you today. Over the past two weeks, we have gone through personality trait extroversion and personality trait neuroticism. So if you haven't yet listened to those episodes, I will link them in the show notes below. But today we are going through agreeableness. So I'm excited to speak with you about agreeableness because it's something that comes up so much with my clients. I think that we talk about this pretty much in every single session. It comes up in one way or another. And the conversation around agreeableness is something that has helped so many of my clients, something that has helped me, It's something that's helped me to understand those around me. It's had a really profound impact on my life personally and on the life of my clients. So I'm so excited to talk about it with you today. So agreeableness is the tendency to put others' wants and needs before our own. So that is kind of the definition of agreeableness. I'm going to start just like the other personality traits. We can rate high or low. It's on a scale. It's on a bell curve, meaning most of us will find ourselves somewhere in the middle, but there will always be those who find themselves very high on the scale of agreeableness, so they are highly agreeable, and those who score very low on the scale, meaning they're highly disagreeable. So I'm going to give a bit of a brief, a few examples, explain some traits of what it looks like to be high on the scale versus low on the scale. So if we rate high on the scale of agreeableness, then we are the kind of person who feels other people's emotions very strongly. We are the kind of person who respects authority. We are the kind of person who avoid conflict. We hate to seem pushy. And we genuinely enjoy doing things for others and helping others. So that is if we score high on agreeableness. If we score low on agreeableness, we're the kind of person who is not very interested in other people's problems, we love a good fight, we don't have a soft side, or we don't consider ourselves to have a soft side, we don't really like doing things for others. So we can imagine that somebody who rates low on agreeableness is the kind of person that we would describe as potentially more harsh or ruthless or direct, so not shy to say things as they are, versus somebody who's very high on agreeableness, who might feel like they're treading on eggshells, who doesn't want to upset anybody or insult anybody, and therefore they might be kind of beating around the bush instead of saying things as they are or how they feel them or think them. 
So agreeableness is interesting because it's really the dimension of maternal care. So we can really imagine it that way. If we imagine the kind of very quote-unquote classic mothering character, it tends to be somebody who's incredibly warm and caring and always puts other people's wants and needs first, is very attuned and very attentive to what other people are feeling and thinking. And so it makes sense that agreeableness is the trait that has the biggest difference between men and women. So women are higher in agreeableness, men are lower in agreeableness. Not all the time, and in reality the correlation actually isn't that strong. So it means that if you were to put a man and a woman in a room, there would be a 60% chance that the man would be lower in agreeableness. So it's not that strong, but instead of 50-50, where it's really, it could be either or, it's more around 60-40. So there is a relatively significant difference that men tend to be a little bit lower in agreeableness. Of course, there's many men who are very high in agreeableness, there's lots of women who are lower, but that is the general statistic. And if we think about it from an evolutionary perspective, where if a woman is birthing and feeding a young infant, then it's absolutely necessary in that case, and this trait proves that it's necessary. It's so necessary for a woman to put her own wants and needs second to the infant in order to make them survive, that it's something that has literally been ingrained in our brain. So I think that is so fascinating, that need for a woman to actually sacrifice to a certain extent. So sacrifice her sleep, maybe, to feed a young infant. Things like this are so ingrained in who we are as beings. So I find that so interesting, how evolution has such a big impact on our personality traits, even in our modern days. Agreeableness is also something that tends to increase with age. I'm not 100% sure why that is. I would assume it would be something along the lines of, as we get older, we maybe feel less of a need to really engage in conflict and stand up for ourselves and kind of elbow our way to the front to a certain extent. And as we get older, we feel a little bit more comfortable being able to take a step back. Maybe we grow a little bit softer. We start to understand others more. We have a little bit more compassion. I would assume that those are the reasons why agreeableness tends to increase with age. Now, similarly to neuroticism, we can very easily make an assumption of which one is better. Do we want to be higher on the scale or do we want to be low on the scale? So opposite to neuroticism, where we would most probably prefer to be lower on the scale, right? We'd rather feel less negative emotion. A lot of the time when we talk about agreeableness, many of us would prefer to be higher on the scale. So what I wanted to share with you now are some of the positives of being highly agreeable, but also what are some of the negatives? So positives of being highly agreeable is that people tend to like us more. So people tend to like those that are highly agreeable. Those that are highly agreeable are seen as more caring, more giving. They tend to cooperate better with others and tend to be engaged in less confrontation. On the opposite side, although people tend to like those who are highly agreeable, being highly agreeable can actually be more challenging for the individual who is highly agreeable. 
that is because there's a huge proclivity for them to be stepped on by those who are actually lower in agreeableness. So if somebody who's highly agreeable is much more likely to always put others first, then naturally those who are lower in agreeableness are more likely to swoop in and take that position. The danger there is that those who are highly agreeable can find themselves feeling very resentful. So it can actually build up over time and they find themselves feeling resentful. Another element which is actually quite concrete is that studies have been done showing that those who are higher in agreeableness actually have a lower salary. So it's really interesting how it's correlated with payment in a way because those who are highly agreeable, as we said before, first of all, they hate to seem pushy. They want to avoid conflict. They want to put others before themselves. So if they're in a position where there needs to be a promotion, are they going to say, I deserve it and here's why? Or are they going to say, no, no, you deserve it, you go ahead. And if someone who's highly agreeable is an entrepreneur and they really hate seeming pushy, are they even going to feel comfortable in the first place setting a price to their service, asking for income in return? Those who are highly agreeable, as we said before, they're higher in this element of maternal care, so they might struggle to actually encourage autonomy in others. So if they're always stepping in to save the day or to help, are they actually encouraging others to be dependent or are they encouraging them to find their own path? So this is very related to the position of the savior in the drama triangle. So I will link that episode on the show notes below. If this speaks to you, then I talk a lot about that in that podcast episode. Another potential negative about being highly agreeable is that we can very easily fall into the position of the chameleon. So we are very much adapting to our environment, adapting to those around us, and therefore we don't really know who we are, and more importantly, we don't even know what we want. So those who are lower in agreeableness know what they want, know what they're going towards, and they make it happen, or they take the steps to make it happen. Whereas somebody who's lower in agreeableness doesn't even know exactly what they want because probably they're very focused on what other people want and what other people need and they tend to forget themselves in the mix. So what I want to share with you now are the six facets of agreeableness as with all of the personality traits every trait is split into six sub facets so I'll explain those quickly now the first one is trust so it's our tendency to expect the best from others. The second one is morality. So feeling like we have this moral duty to be honest and reveal the truth. The third one is altruism. So having a genuine appreciation and like for helping others. The fourth one is cooperation. So cooperation means that we're more likely to compromise in order to ensure that everybody's getting along and that we avoid conflict. The fifth is modesty, so someone who's high in modesty would rarely ever say that they are better than someone else in something. It could also be related potentially to neuroticism in the sense that it might be related to self-consciousness or low self-confidence. And the sixth one is sympathy, so it means that we are very empathetic and that we can really feel everyone else's emotions. So that is a bit about agreeableness. In those six facets, if we score high in those facets, then it means that we're more likely to score high in overall agreeableness. And if we score low in those facets, we'll score lower in agreeableness. So agreeableness is very much related to social interaction. 
similarly to extroversion, but in a very different way. So I thought I would just mention that now. What is the difference between agreeableness and extroversion? Because people tend to like people who are agreeable, and people tend to like people who are extroverted, but in very different ways. So someone who's extroverted is the person who's going to be kind of like the quote-unquote life of the party, is going to be the one who's cracking jokes, who's making everyone have a good time, laugh, smile, they have a lot of charisma, they bring a lot of energy to social situations. So that's someone who's very extroverted. So it's someone who, in a social situation, we probably like to have around. However, someone who's agreeable can be low in extroversion. So they're not necessarily the same at all. So someone who's agreeable is someone who's very caring and makes us feel listened to. So we might like having someone who's extroverted around a party or a social situation, but when we're having a hard day, we're more likely to turn towards the person who's more agreeable because they're going to listen, they're going to show empathy, they're going to show us care. So that's a bit of the difference between agreeableness and extroversion. So I hope that that has clarified a little bit what agreeableness is. I hope that maybe you've already been able to note where you would place yourself in this scale of agreeableness or where you might be able to place those that you are closest to. So what I wanna share with you now is how we can concretely use this knowledge. So starting with using it as a gauge for where you're at. So if you haven't yet, I encourage you to just have a little bit of a think. You can pause this episode if you'd like. Ask yourself, would you place yourself more towards the high end of agreeableness, which means that you avoid conflict, you don't want to seem pushy, you like doing things for others, you like listening to others, concerns and problems, and you're very attentive to that. You maybe feel a lot of their emotions or soak in their emotions. Rather than being low on agreeableness, maybe you don't have as much of a soft side, you consider yourself very direct, you don't really like doing things for others, you encourage anatomy in others, you know exactly what you want and what it is that you're going for, and you're not shy to charge forth with that. Boundaries is another way that we can really get clarity on where we would place ourselves with agreeableness. So if we really struggle to set boundaries, then it means that we are higher in agreeableness. So boundaries is an interesting one, and this is where my slight qualm comes with a very common narrative these days that we just need to set more boundaries as though it were that easy, when clearly it's related to a personality trait. And so for those of us who are very high in agreeableness, then we're simply going to struggle to set boundaries point blank. And I see this in a lot of my clients. They really struggle to set boundaries because setting boundaries means saying no. It means being somewhat direct. It means opening the door for conflict. It means doing or saying something that someone else might not like. And to that highly agreeable person, that is literally self-destruction. Their brain in that moment is saying, if I do this, they're going to hate me, I'm going to be completely abolished from the tribe, and I'm going to find myself naked in the jungle alone, and I'm going to die. So to that person, that's incredibly challenging, and every single cell in their body is screaming no. So it seems like a bit of a simplification to say all we need to do is set more boundaries, because if we rate very high in agreeableness, that's something that we're really, really going to struggle to do. 
So as I said, first step in actually using this information is gauging where you're at. And this can really help with an element of compassion as well. So we can have a bit more understanding as to perhaps why we struggle to set boundaries, why we really avoid conflict at all cost, why we're constantly putting potentially our own needs second. So I have a client who didn't understand why she would give her all when it came to work or her friends or her family, but when it came to actually taking time to do her art and the things that she wanted to do, that was always something that came last. And it makes sense when we understand that it's something that's literally part of her personality. Similarly, if others gauge you as quite harsh or ruthless or direct, or you know that when you are very honest with people, they tend to get offended, then that might give you more understanding that you're probably lower in agreeableness. And so you're less likely to be incredibly worried and sensitive about what other people are thinking. You're more likely to be potentially more brutally honest. And other people might not be the same as you in this scale. So they might not be able to understand where you're coming from. And you might not be able to understand where they're coming from. And this is where having clarity on the big five in general can be so helpful because as I said, it's on a bell curve. And if we are able to conclude that we're on more of an extreme end in a specific personality trait, then we can really understand that we are more of that thing than perhaps 90% of the population or 95% of the population. So we cannot expect other people to think and act the same way as us when we are the outliers on the scale. The second way in which we can actually use this information is that it can really help us to understand others more as well. So I have a client who has a very close family member who she really described as being unempathetic. And she really struggled with that because she is somebody who's very highly agreeable, therefore she's very empathetic, she's very conscious and aware of how other people think and feel, and she's always very attentive to that, and this family member is simply not. And she really struggled with that and saw it as a sign of that family member maybe not caring or not doing the right thing or whatnot, and it's really about understanding that they perhaps have a different personality. And if they are very unempathetic, then that could be a sign that actually they're just lower in agreeableness. And so they aren't actually quite as attuned to those things as somebody who would be highly agreeable. On the opposite scale, I had another client whose husband was very high in agreeableness. And so there are certain things that he would do that she simply would not understand. So for example, if her husband's sister invited them over for a dinner, but the date didn't work for them, he was simply unable to say no. He would always bend over backwards to make sure that everything was okay with his parents or with his family. And she didn't understand why he was so worried about being able to tell them, look, it's not the right time, or I can't come over right now, or actually this doesn't work for us. She was somebody who was a bit lower in agreeableness, so she had no difficulty really being honest with someone and telling them relatively directly what was working, what wasn't, but he felt this huge amount of resistance when it came to saying no and the potentiality of conflict there. And so by actually going through her big five, and then what we did in her big five analysis is I encouraged her to think about 
what her partner or husband's big five was in order to understand him more and to understand why he reacts in certain ways and how for her saying, no, I'm sorry, we can't come over tonight required no effort. For him, it felt like trudging through snow barefoot. So that's a second way that we can use our knowledge on this personality trait is really to understand others. And thirdly, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we can make change. So a lot of my clients score very high in agreeableness and that's actually why a lot of them come to me. They come to me because they feel like they can't set boundaries, they feel like they're overworking or they're people-pleasing or maybe they don't actually know what they want in their life and they feel like they're floating a little bit trying to satisfy others. And so a lot of the work that I do with them is actually in practicing to decrease that agreeableness a little bit. So I thought I'd share a few of the points that I actually go through with with them and recommend them to do. So there's a certain strategy that I like to use where we can use the analogy of a staircase. And what I recommend my clients to do is on every step to put something that's increasingly challenging their agreeableness. So perhaps on the first stair, the first step, the activity to try is, let's say, if somebody's trying to nudge in front of you in the queue at the grocery store, then you stand your ground and you say, the queue's behind me, for example. Maybe that's the first step. Maybe the second step is actually being able to tell someone at work that you disagree with something that they've done or maybe challenging them, for example. Maybe the third step is being able to, at a restaurant, to say that your meal wasn't good or that maybe you got the wrong order. So that's something that I always notice is if you're at a restaurant and the waiter brings you the wrong order. So it's not what you wanted, but okay, what do you say? Do you say, ah, forget it, it'll do. I don't want to make a fuss. I don't want to make them feel bad. I don't want to make anybody else uncomfortable, so I'm not going to say anything. Or are you the kind of person who's going to say, well, this isn't what I ordered and be able to raise your hand and ask for what it is that you ordered. So that's a really good insight into our level of agreeableness. And so maybe that's another step is practicing doing that kind of activity. So this is something that we can practice with time. We can practice saying no. We can practice standing our ground. We can practice knowing what it is that we want and sticking to it. And we can practice not making everybody else's happiness and satisfaction the utmost priority and occasionally actually prioritize our own. And this is not something that changes overnight, but it is something that we can practice with time. It's something that I practice with myself and I have been practicing with myself. And keeping in mind this notion of agreeableness really helps me because there'll be certain scenarios where I notice myself being too agreeable. So a really concrete example, I was actually recording a podcast episode in a rented room, in a rented recording studio, and the quality of the studio that they provided me with was not good. And I could have simply said, okay, whatever, it's fine, ignore it, pay the bill, leave, and just never come back. That would be a more passive approach. But I knew that I was being agreeable by doing that. And so I told myself, no, this is for me to stand up for myself and to say, look, I paid for a certain service. The service wasn't delivered. I'm not happy with how it went. It's something that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. It's something that I would rather avoid, 
but it's something that I regularly train to do. And sometimes there are certain scenarios where it's not 100% crucial, but I know that I'm training something. I'm training something in order to broaden my personality so that when I do need to stand up for myself, it's something that I can do. Another rule that I'd heard on a podcast, which I absolutely love, is really tied to resentment. And the rule is, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before in another podcast episode, but I don't really remember which one. The rule is that you have two options. Either you agree to something and you hold your peace, you're not allowed to be upset or resentful about it, or you say no. Those are your two options. A lot of the time, those who are highly agreeable will say yes, and then be upset about it and then say this isn't fair and I'm working too hard and once again I'm doing this thing and I don't want to and it's taking up all my time but they're the ones who said yes in the first place so I really like remembering that rule and really asking myself am I going to be resentful when this is done because if I am then say no and if I really want to say yes even though every cell in my body is thinking no then that's for me to take that responsibility and I'm not allowed to hold on to that resentment. On the other side of the scale, if you find yourself much lower in agreeableness, then you might want to practice actually increasing your agreeableness a little bit. So that could take the form of actually taking time to listen to others. And while somebody is telling you about something they're living or their emotional reality, instead of in the back of your mind thinking, what are they whining about? This is wasting my time. Maybe really practicing trying to understand. So really listening with the intent of understanding. And it might take a little bit of time, but it's something that we can improve in as well. You might want to practice actually doing one thing every day, which is actually going to help somebody. So really practicing that skill of, you know what? This isn't massively convenient for me right now, but I'm gonna take time out of my day to help this person and really view it as a way of increasing your agreeableness as well. So that is all on today's episode about agreeableness. I hope that it was interesting. I hope it sparked some light bulbs, it sparked some thoughts. I hope you maybe were able to see yourself through some of the examples that I gave. And I would love to hear your feedback. Feel free to share with me, to let me know, to send me a message. This is something that I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients. We go into a deep dive analysis of personality, understanding what are all the traits that are leading them to the life that they currently have, what are some concrete things that we can practice doing in order to expand their personality traits, and perhaps have a changed reality as a result. So if you're interested in that, I'm only taking on a few more clients at the moment. You can find all the details for that in the show notes below. And in the meantime, guys, I will see you next week for a brand new episode.